Welcome to CEO On The Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm your host, Gail Lance, and together we'll be exploring the people side of leadership. You'll learn how to better engage and inspire those around you and yourself. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of CEO on the Go. I'm guessing by the time this episode airs, it will be just after the US presidential election. So it's probably a crazy week, a time when many people are sharing feedback about what worked or didn't. Lots of different points of view being expressed. I I wonder who will actually be listening. (laughs) But about you as a leader, you've got to master the art of receiving feedback, not just giving it. I'm often working with leaders who have blind spots or who are open to seeing if they have blind spots. So, you know, one, for example, said, I thought I was just trying to get things done around here and I had no idea people perceived me as pushy and unapproachable. So, you know, receiving feedback with grace is a a really valuable leadership skill, yet I know a lot of executives struggle with it. So while you're often quick to, to critique others, being on the receiving end involves an entirely different set of emotional and psychological skills. So that's what we'll be talking about today. I mentioned in some recent episodes that it's likely you're doing performance reviews this time of year. So you may be in the middle of that, or if you are done, you might be exhausted or relieved. Over the years, I'm guessing you've been given all kinds of feedback and performance reviews, but now that you're at the top, it gets harder to get the real feedback that you need. And there are a couple of problems. Some people don't want to speak the truth, so they just don't say anything at all or they tell you what they think that you want to hear. So they don't want to get on your bad side. The higher level you go within your organization, the more difficult it is to get candid feedback. But the good news is that you have choices about how you receive feedback. And that's a theme that's been coming up in a number of episodes. You have choice. Even when you don't think you have choices, you have choices. So let's talk. Before I get to choices you have about receiving feedback, I wanted to acknowledge that there are different kinds of feedback that you might receive. Um, Based on a book called Thanks for the Feedback by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen, I'm going to outline three different kinds of feedback. One is appreciatory. And That is feedback that you receive that expresses some type of appreciation. It can be uplifting, um, acknowledging, reassuring. So that's, that's the upside. The downside, though, is that sometimes it can be very general or unclear. And in some cases, it can actually be patronizing, depending on who's giving the feedback. Um, The second type is instructive. And here is feedback that you receive where you're able to be taught something. It can help you grow in your skills or knowledge or capabilities or contribution to the organization. Uh, One of the downsides here is that sometimes that kind of feedback can be misunderstood or misguided or self-serving, especially if it's a know-it-all type that's trying to tell you what to do. That's never fun. Um, The last type is evaluative. The benefit there is that you have a standard that you can see and you can be evaluated based on, you know, how how you fare against that standard. But one of the pitfalls is that it can be harsh or hurtful or even unfair. So when you say feedback, it's not a one size fits all. There are those three different types to be aware of. 
regardless of the feedback that you receive, we're wired to avoid unsettling issues. The, the truth is that we avoid pain and many leaders are reluctant to receive feedback or difficult information about themselves. So that means that issues go unresolved or problems get bigger. So I want to share what you can do, some of the things that you can do to, to become better practiced at receiving feedback effectively. One is listen and learn. Consider it to be a positive opportunity for learning. Um, and consider that people say and interpret things differently. So what you may hear sometimes may not be what's actually meant by the person giving the feedback. We all have our filters. And if you're being given feedback by multiple sources, that can get even more confusing sometimes. Everybody sees things differently. Um when I was thinking about that, it made me recall a situation many years ago when I was delivering a workshop for leaders and managers in um, the technology field. It was a public workshop on leadership development. And so after the end of the workshop, we had the evaluation forms that were floated around the room. And uh, about 90% of them, 95% of them were really positive. It seemed like people were really finding a lot of value. But there was one person who felt obligated to come up to me after the workshop and explain his low rating. Um, and he said, the content that you delivered was not in a form that I could take and train others in, therefore, I'm giving you a low rating. So I was so taken aback by that. And, and it was hard not to be defensive. And I reflected on that for uh, way too long <laughs> until I remembered my purpose in being there was not to train other trainers and how to deliver leadership content, leadership training content. My purpose was to help the actual leaders and managers in that room on that day. And a lot of the kind of programs that I do are very customized and they're um, not packaged up in a way so that other people can just take the content and teach it, uh, at least not at this point. So um, again, you have to consider the source, uh, where they're coming from to, to be able to accept feedback in a way that uh, is meaningful to you. So that's just one of my examples. So something else to be aware of is recognizing fears that you might have when you're being given feedback, maybe regarding fear of change or fear of failure, which is common when executives' identities are tied too closely to their roles, where you feel like you're not sure who you are if, if you're not that title or if, or if you're not in that position. So um, there can be some danger there. Fear of rejection is huge, one of the most common and most difficult fears to deal with. Fears cause us to exaggerate or misrepresent the feedback that we get. So don't catastrophize. Uh, things are not always as bad as you might think. Third, watch out for triggers. And some examples of triggers might be a truth trigger. When you're given feedback and the feedback is off base, or you just know that it's not true, instead of pushing back, ask some questions, be curious, and see where the other person is coming from so that you can bring truth into the conversation. Um, another trigger is a relationship trigger. <laughs> when, when the feelings that you have about the feedback giver get in your way, maybe you don't trust them or respect them. And that's really hard. You have to listen to, to try to discern just the feedback itself, taking the emotional component out of it. 
And then there's that identity trigger that I kind of um, alluded to before. When you question your self-worth, you think, what's wrong with me? Um, you know, taking the feedback about your role to heart and turning it against yourself as a person. So you need to get a bigger picture view if that's the case. By the way, speaking of getting a bigger picture view, we talked about the importance of getting feedback from people that you trust on the episode or the the two-part episode I did on figuring out what's next for you. So important to do. Um, So even if it's just a couple of people, uh, it can really help you tremendously to get better perspective on yourself. So it's your choice. You can be a learner or a rejector of feedback. You can grow or get upset. You can listen or ignore, be open to seeing who you are and who you might become. Otherwise, just get comfortable with status quo because that's where you're heading. But I think since you're listening to this, then that's not you or where you want to be. Um, Before I wrap up, I wanted to just say a quick note about 360s because that's a question that I get frequently. I'm asked, how or when should I be using 360s? And oftentimes they're used for annual performance reviews. Sometimes a leader just needs to get some objective perspective if they're trying to get to the next level. Um, can be used for team building purposes. There are all kinds of reasons. In case you're not familiar with 360 types of assessments, they typically involve getting feedback from a number of different sources. So um, if, if they're trying to get feedback on your performance, they might send surveys out to your direct reports, your peers, uh, people that you report to. Uh, could, in some cases, it could be customers. Typically, people take the surveys anonymously, and then the results are compiled to produce a, a report for you that gives you overall feedback from their perspectives. A variation of that approach is to do um, interview types of 360s. That's typically the way that I do it, where you actually have conversations with a few people to to get input from them and feedback that can be helpful to, to be more objective. There's potential value and danger of 360 feedback, I think. You know, a lot of executives over the years have expressed concern about 360 feedback that's either, you know, it's delivered poorly or in a way that's confusing or even contradictory. Some have, you know, chosen to to dive into the data and see what it means, and others have just thrown their reports in the trash. And either response is appropriate, I think, based on the person's situation. So um, before you ask for feedback, be very clear about what you'd like to know and why you want to know that. Uh, 360 assessments can be useful, but they can often open up Pandora's box. Um, beware of unsolicited negative feedback. In some cases, it reflects issues with the person giving the feedback. And in many situations, just having a candid conversation with someone who is skilled um, or you know better equipped to deliver feedback effectively is all that you need. So just wanted to, to share a few thoughts on that to, to really understand that process uh, and how it can can help you or sometimes create more damage depending on how it's being used. I hope you've enjoyed listening today. As you know, for many years, I've worked with leaders to help them deal effectively with all kinds of feedback, the good, the bad, the ugly, surprising, solicited, unsolicited. Many are surprised and relieved to learn that they can lead more easily simply by being more of who they really are. And you can too. If you need help giving or receiving feedback, let me know. 
Of course, I welcome your feedback on the podcast. How can I not with this kind of episode on mastering feedback, right? More importantly, I'm eager to hear about any specific challenge you're facing so that I might address the topic in a future episode. Reach out through LinkedIn or CEO on the go podcast.com. You also might explore my main site workmatters.com. So have a great rest of the week mastering the feedback you receive and doing the work that matters to you. Until next time, take care. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and visit workmatters.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion for a future topic for the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. So keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you. Until next time. Bye.